so much for joining us for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, um, I have a, I guess, a longtime acquaintance with me. Her name is Jennifer Carter, and she is here to talk to us today about her career. And she is an architect. Now, I feel like this is a, a career that a lot of people think about and want to pursue and want to do, but also don't know all of the the work and the hard work that goes behind it. Um, so I personally am excited to hear and learn more about this career today. Um, hi, Jen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, oh, yes. Well, so... Jennifer, is she, sorry, do you like to go by Jen or Jennifer? I, I like Jen. Okay, yeah. we'll do Jen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, like I mentioned before, I met Jen in college. Um, when I, She's she's older than me, like an older sister type to me. Um, we met in campus ministry and we were acquaintances really. Um, yeah. But I keep up with a lot of people from college through social media. So um, I'm excited because every now and then you would post like, oh, like kind of some milestones in your career. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really excited to hear the journey that you've been on. Um, Jen is also uh, a mom of a little boy who is about three years old. And then she's expecting another one in two and a half weeks. So yeah. I'm like super thankful because this mom, <laughs> I know this mom like kind of busyness plus, and that I can't even imagine working full time too but um all that to say (laughs) (laughs) hi how have how have you and your family been coping with uh the current you know times with the pandemic and stuff before we jump into your career I mean um my husband and I both work from home and out of our little two-bedroom apartment um so our office space is also our son's bedroom (laughs) So all our cameras point toward his bed and his dresser and the mess. Um, try to kind of keep it hidden. It's been it's been hard. Um, COVID work from home situation kind of hit at the full apex of um, morning sickness and pregnancy symptoms. So that was an adjustment having to deal with all those things. Um, and then my our son thankfully has been. Um, with my parents during work hours, except for Fridays when he stays at home. So we've been able to, for the most part, um, work kind of peacefully during the afternoons and then we'll go get him um, after work hours are over. So we've kind of been managing, it's been it's been nonstop. I wish we'd had some just breathing time and space, but I'm looking forward to actually uh, maternity leave because that'll help relieve one of those things at yes, least from my yes. plate. It's so exciting, yeah. but I know it's a lot of um, craziness is the yeah. word that I that comes to mind, honestly. It is. It is. But um, um, remind me, you're in California, right? Yeah. Um, we live in a city called Torrance in Southern California. Yeah. Um, so for us in Georgia, um, you know, from where we sit, things have been kind of crazy in California, too, with the pandemic. Have you mm-hmm. felt the pressures of that at all? Yeah, I mean, I uh, feel like every few months there's new restrictions on yeah. businesses and what we can and cannot do. Um, unfortunately, it's impacted, you know, our kids starting school, preschool, um, which should have started in July. But the schools that we're waitlisted on um, have like a cap now and can't take right, any more right, kids if yeah. they are even open. Right. So we feel really bad that his interactions with other kids his age at such a um, important stage in toddler's oh, life has kind of been yeah, like, stunted a little bit. Yeah, My daughter is like, I mean, I try not to tell this to people because I don't want to <laughs> speak it over her life and stuff, yeah. but like, she's super shy like oh wants yeah. to die shy kind of thing oh, no. <laughs> but I feel like part of it is because like yeah we're not going to church every yeah. week and you know we're not going to like so like extracurriculars for her yeah, which I did with yeah. my son um so it's interesting we, me and my husband were just talking about that like yeah. I wonder if like this generation like that's growing up right yeah. now Oh, like <laughs> if there'll be like social deficit because yeah yeah we worry yeah. about that 
It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, he never started school and then had to get pulled out. I think that would be hard, a different kind of hard. But the few times that we have been able to go to like a playground or something and there's like another human (laughs) his age, like he really latches onto them. Yeah, yeah. such a good time. So it makes us really sad. But um, hopefully it'll be lifted soon. I have hope, too. Yeah. But uh, man, I could talk about kids forever. So we'll just jump right in. Um, (laughs) Jen, can you tell us uh, what you do? Yeah, you're an architect. You're yeah. a licensed architect, right? I am a licensed architect. Okay, now. and we'll get into a little bit of what that means because I'm curious yeah. what the difference is. Yeah. Uh, but could you just tell me, just give me a general description of what it is that you do? So I am an architect. Um, I didn't mean to end up in this particular sector, but I think at this point you could call me a specialist in healthcare architecture. So. I do predominantly hospital, medical office buildings, um, medical schools, um, anything kind of related to medicine. And I have worked on other institutional projects kind of sprinkled throughout, which include uh, like higher education, college campus buildings. Um, I've done some high school and elementary K through 12 work as well. Um, And then I did spend a year doing residential only work, and that was the year I was living in Irvine near Blair, which is where our, our paths kind of crossed. Um, that was my first job out of undergrad. But I think for the last nine-ish years, I've been doing mostly healthcare. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so how long from, like, how long have you been out of school then? So undergrad, I finished in 2006. Uh-huh. Um, and that was a five-year program. Most architecture schools are, and they have to be if they're an accredited program um, by the country. Um, and then if you do accredited undergrad architecture degree, uh, grad school is a year and a half um, after that. Okay. Uh, if you didn't major in architecture for undergrad or um, you went to a non-accredited architecture program, Um, then grad school has to be, I think, two or three years even sometimes, depends on the program. I see. So if um, just to clarify, so you're saying if what you didn't study in undergrad was architecture, you'd have Mm -hmm. to go to longer grad school, most likely. Okay, Mm -hmm. I see. Um, So could you describe what a little bit of your day-to-day looks like? Yeah, yeah. So it's different a little bit now just because we're working from home, but um, a typical day in the office uh, would just kind of start, I don't know, like depends on the type of person you are, (laughs) but let's say it starts at 8.39 or so. Um, Depends on the day, depends on what project or projects you might be working on at the time. My um, firm is fairly large um, and we do mostly all institutional work, so big projects. So there's a big team usually that you're a part of, not just doing, um, you know, like a residential project might take like one or two people, um, persons. Um, Our team can consist of anywhere between like four to 30 people on a team. Um, Everyone kind of has a different role. So depending on that um, and depending on what phase of a project that you're in, different meetings within your office or with consultants that you're working with, including engineers, um, planners, uh, the client, constantly checking in with them to see if we're on the right track. Um, And I can talk a little bit about phases of a project later, but that would kind of be my day-to-day. If I'm in construction and my project is in construction, at least once or twice a week, I might be on the site um, just checking progress of our work. Um, so that's a lot of fun too, because you can really see um, drawings coming to life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would be so, uh, for me, I mean, I have no idea, but I mm-hmm. I always like, you know, seeing my work come to fruition. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like that would be extremely rewarding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd like to go into what you were mentioning before the phases of a project. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious because, uh, so this is what I think an architect does. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like what I imagine, right, is yeah. like, you know, you have an idea or someone tells you what they need yeah. and you draw it up and then like 
you know, and then, okay, I, I do know, you know, because my husband is a structural engineer, I yeah. do know that, like, there's a lot of back and forth in mm-hmm. terms of that. Like, I don't, I've heard, like, you know, architects say, oh, I want this, but then they're like, that doesn't work. Like, it can't happen. Yeah. Can't happen. <laughs> so, those are the little, like, snippets that I know about. Yeah. A, I know nothing, really. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like, yeah, could you take us through those phases? Because I know my, what I think is what you do is not probably what you do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're not far from what we do. Um, I think uh, I did a project uh, for Cedar Sinai Hospital um, from start to finish. It was it was one floor of a hospital, so okay. it was already an existing building, and our office was given the the assignment to do an entire surgical floor, which they had left empty just concrete when they built the the building oh wow for future like development which is where we came in um so when we started it was just just concrete columns and an open space um from that point to the day that we opened to the public was about four years oh my and I got to be on it from day one to last day so I think that would be a good project to talk about um so uh, I, I first joined when we were awarded the project um and we call it schematic design phase, and it also has to do with planning, the medical planning of the floor. Um, So during that time, we kind of, we get a list from the client of everything that they want in there. For example, that one was 13 operating rooms, like 33, a patient um, pre-operation and um, post-surgical like recovery spaces, Mm -hmm. staff spaces, like a lounge, waiting room, um, things like that and the, the list happens and so we shove it into the footprint of what we're given make sure everything works and then the next phase is this is true for every architectural project uh, design development phase would be when you kind of like massage the the square footages of the spaces and with each department that's going to be using it so we would meet with um, doctors and surgeons physicians nursing staff um, the client uh, basically on a week-to-week basis and figure out what what works, what doesn't, mm-hmm. what kind of space would you like to see, um, what could be of use to you, what didn't work the last time, um, and really kind of start like finessing the plan. Um, at the same time, we're bringing in all of the engineers and consultants and making sure their stuff works, like the mechanical and structural and piping, everything gets threaded through the spaces that you don't see above the ceiling okay. and below. Um, so it's a huge uh, um, joint effort, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, plus, you know, like we're starting to think about interior furniture and finishing and uh, materials, and that's a lot of fun too. Um, the next phase is construction documentation. And that's when we're really preparing the drawings um, both ours and all of the engineers for actual construction. So it's like the instruction book on how to build this building that will eventually go to the contractors. Um, So everything needs to be right and dimensioned. Um, No more like dreaming up spaces at that point. point. Um, So we would deliver this huge set um, to the client and to the city then for permitting, Mm -hmm. make sure everything is, um, you know, uh, allowed (laughs) for one um fire life safety type things um the ability to escape especially if it's hospital you know what are we going to do how are we going to get out of here if something happens um uh just uh ada things which is like disability and the ability for people to move around through wheelchairs and if they are not able to walk through things like that um and then at the same time there's a couple different things, but most projects will go through a bidding process in which the client will look for a contractor that will help build this project um, and kind of cost related things like that. And then the last phase is construction administration. So that's when the actual building happens. So you've gotten your permit, um, everything's ready to go, and then the contractors come and start putting your dream together. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So and that's a lot of fun. So this project that you're talking about specifically at Cedar sinai you said it took four years. Yeah. So, um, like, what are some, like, some of the phases that took longer than others? 
Yeah, um, so the percentage, I guess, the timeline uh-huh. of like the increments is usually pretty consistent across oh. any kind of project. So I think the longest phase would always be the construction documentation phase, just because mm-hmm. it's the most um, intense and detailed, right. um, requires a lot of coordination with people, um, still doing some back and forth with the client, and that'll take some time. Um as far as production goes, I've seen some projects get stuck at like the permitting and bidding process just because okay. like the client, you know, puts a pause on things or whatever. Um, I think ours ended up taking like a, a year break before it was able to go into construction. So that wasn't like planned, but sometimes it happens that way. Right. right. Um, and then construction depends on how big the project is. I suppose it could go longer, but. Um, as far as production goes, yeah, construction documentation probably took the longest. I feel like that would be so, I mean, not fresh, if the word is not frustrating, but just kind of yeah. like having to wait like, yeah. to see your project be done. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned that, so not on purpose, but you do a lot of hospitals and healthcare mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, I guess what I'm trying to ask is since you focus on that are you kind of like in the know of how that uh, what do, I, do you know what I'm trying to ask you <laughs> I, I probably not okay so like so for example it's like you get a hospital and since you've done it so often you kind of know the flow of how things should go or yeah. or what the client is probably looking for since all hospitals are kind of similar? Yeah, there is a little bit of that. Um, I, I feel like I'm still, I'm going to be learning forever. And I'm just, you know, I've, I have one fully completed project under my belt after all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if I was in residential or something smaller, I would have, you know, have like 10 buildings by, by this point in my career mm-hmm, under mm-hmm. my belt. But um, because healthcare, it just takes longer due to the size of the project um I've got this one and I'm I'm working on a few others right now that Mm -hmm. we'll see probably go into construction in Mm -hmm. a few years but um I think there is some some degree of similarity um I mean hopefully you've not or listeners haven't spent much time in hospitals but they all kind of you know like you've got your registration and Mm. lobby and waiting areas and you get checked in and you go into whatever procedure space or surgical space you recover and then you leave Mm. um Mm. it's kind of the flow is the same but depends on the client um there are some clients like kaiser permanente which i've had the opportunity to work for they they're like a well-oiled machine. They know exactly what they want and they know it works. So they're going to replicate it in all of their hospitals. I see. So if you've worked on one Kaiser project, uh, the chances are that the next Kaiser project is going to have very similar rules. Um, Somewhere like Cedars, which is a private hospital, um, was very open to allowing us to design a really cool space and be creative. it, it also kind of depends on who you're building it for. So different physicians and surgeons have different uh, opinions of how they want their spaces to work and things like that. So um, it's, I don't know, it's a balance, I think, between uh, new creative kinds of challenges and um, kind of gaining a specific, like, understanding of everything. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I... So, like, how did you end up in in working with hospitals and healthcare? Because yeah. I'm assuming, and and also, are architects like specialized in different types of buildings? Um, I I suppose you don't have to be. Um, I I think I was always interested in the medical field. Um, oh. I think having different types of medical field people around in my family, like my mom and aunts or nurses and I've got doctor like uncle you know and things like that I think was always kind of interesting to me um but I've always wanted to be an architect and so I didn't 
like pursue it, but I ended up in a firm that did a lot of healthcare work and okay. a lot of institutional work. And I just um, was getting put on projects that were more involved in healthcare. And then I came to this firm that did mostly the same thing. And that was really attractive to me. And I just really, I really enjoy it. I think I love how it combines my two interests. And yeah, no, that's so cool. I think that's yeah. so interesting and so fascinating and cool. Yeah. Um, because, <laughs> because you do have interest in both things and you can, yeah. and not only that, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but from just listening, I'm like, <sighs> I don't, it would feel very rewarding and fulfilling yeah. to know that your space is being used with purpose. Yes. You know? Yeah, I love that about yeah. healthcare architecture specifically, um, that it combines kind of the medical field, technology, and practice with a very personal emotion of a patient, you know, families, um, and even staff. Um, yeah, I, I like that it's personable and yeah. it's, I don't know. It's like an airport. There's uh, happy airport experiences and sad airport experiences. And I think that's true of hospitals too. For whatever reason you're there for, I love that I get to be a part of creating that space. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jen, you were saying you always wanted mm -hmm. to be an architect. I know, so, yeah. <laughs> um, I want, if you can, could you like take us back, you know, to the start? Like when... Yeah. Did you know? And what what were some next steps that you took knowing this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, um, I know it's not normal, um, but I think I've always I've always wanted to be an architect since I was little, like maybe six or seven. What? Um, I <laughs> I used to draw like house plans and floor plans and cities from like the top down view always. And I remember asking my dad one day what kind of job lets me do that all day long and he said architect and so I said I'm going to be an architect when I grow up really um, wait so like um sorry I want to hear more but I just have to yeah. ask like first of all why would you do that why Who did you draw <laughs> <laughs> what kind of weirdo does that yeah I don't know um, no not weirdo I'm just like fat because like and again I think I think differently too because now that I'm a mom too I'm like yeah. that just sounds really intelligent like how do I get my son to think that way <laughs> um I don't know I yeah I used to lay out houses that I wanted to like live in so like all wow. the spaces and how things rooms connected I always wanted a dog growing up so I'd have this enormous backyard always with like dog house play areas that's so amazing so you've always like been that. good at like drawing then like you've always enjoyed drawing I think so yeah okay. I've always okay. enjoyed art and drawing um and, and we can talk about that too later because a lot of people ask if you have to be good at math or you have to be good at art and things like that to do architecture um but yeah that's kind of where I started and um my my brother and I would draw these cities just like out with kind of like sim city not sim, is that what it's called yeah um style uh, just like building out blocks and different um, buildings and businesses or houses that would go there. Of course, I love Legos. Um, and think actually, my very first Lego set. Now that I think about it, was a hospital set. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Um, so I did. I did do that. And so through kind of, I mean, middle school, junior high doesn't really matter, but high school when you start thinking about what schools to apply for for college and things like that. I think I only had one thought in mind was to only apply for that had an architecture program. Um, and I think I only applied for four in undergrad because um, I, I didn't want to leave California and there were a few in California that um, I wanted to apply to. And so, um, and this isn't everybody's path, but I wanted to major in architecture um, in undergrad. So I did that. It was a five-year program, as I mentioned before. Um, and then this is just a side story, but I, after working for one year, I quit my job and moved to Japan as a full-time missionary. <laughs> I do remember the this, time. actually. <laughs> I said bye to you, yeah. <laughs> um, and I meant to go for one year only, but it just, I felt like so much of God's heart for Japan that I extended it for another year. So I spent almost two years in Japan and came back um, with the idea that I would 
apply for grad schools and, and start over again, basically. Um, so you don't have to go to grad school for architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think I, I always had a heart for teaching. And at some point, I would love to go back and teach at a school for architecture too while while working and a lot of our professors were doing that so um you do need a master's if you want to go um and be some sort of faculty um for architecture school so I ended up coming back down to Southern California for my grad program which again I mentioned was a year and a half for me since I had a accredited degree already um and then that was in 2012, I think, when I finished my grad program, and it was like neck, neck deep in a recession, <laughs> right. um, and no architecture firms were hiring like anywhere. Oh. So I think out of like my 20 classmates, a lot of them were international students. Like two of us got jobs, um, and most of them had to go back to wherever oh. they had come from. It was really hard, but my friend was working at this firm and got me like a two-week contract position and then it'd be like one more week and then two more weeks and for like a year I was on contract but um, they ended up hiring me Um, and then and then we can talk about my licensure (laughs) process. Yes I do want to definitely hear all about that yeah Um, (laughs) but I am curious like you know your five-year program in undergrad um, could, do you remember kind of what that was like for you? Because um, those listening and maybe thinking about architecture, maybe they're yeah. interested to hear some of the challenges or if it was not challenging or <laughs> um, what are the classes yeah. like a little bit? No, absolutely. Um, I don't know if everyone has heard this, but the kind of stereotype for architecture students is just death. <laughs> and like oh my. you never sleep. <laughs> Never sleeping is um, kind of a common one. Um, And unfortunately, that was absolutely true. Um, Like my roommates never saw me. We always lived in the studios. Um, And, you know, a five-year program was like this, but you have your kind of general school education. You have your general architecture classes, but the, the core of it is these classes called studio. And it's like three times a week. Or four hours a day is kind of where the bulk of your time goes. That's where you're given um, project assignments, like I mentioned before, a pretend client and a pretend list of rooms and a site, and you have to create a space for those things. Those are kind of the assignments that we're given in studio to practice mm. um, that uh, pattern, I guess, of what we'll do once we graduate. Um, in different years, focus on different things. So like uh, our, our program's third year was all about residential and about mm. structural like education. So for the first time, how we're starting to see buildings as like real spaces, how it's gonna stand, come together. Um, and then toward the end of your uh, undergrad program is gonna be a lot of like professional practice type of things, like what, what you'll need to learn, how projects are broken down into phases, like I mentioned before the business side of things mm-hmm. um so it's everything from learning computer programs which is you know what we we do on the day-to-day um all the way to kind of how to run a business mm-hmm. um, how a building stands up <laughs> oh wow um, so that yeah. five-year program really they cram everything in and all that yeah. you need to know like so um you saying that you don't really need to go to grad school is really because they equip you with everything you need uh, yes and no. I think the the basis is all there for anyone that's come out of an undergrad architecture program when they get hired. Um, I think there's nothing like learning on the job. Sure. Um, yes, of course. So there's so much that you um, don't have exposure to in the classroom that you're going to have to suddenly think about, you know, in a professional working environment. Um, and then I do think that there's a gap between kind of architecture school and architecture real world mm-hmm. um as far as like prep preparation goes um yeah I don't know I think it's just different when you're thrown into a project with like real people and real consultants that have been doing this their whole lives um yeah like I think there's a lot of internship type programs that ready you for working in an office space um, mm-hmm. a lot of people will come in as students um just building physical models for a, a firm you know, 
uh, in the model shop. Oh, wow. Or they'll um, get put onto a project that needs some detailing for the bathrooms. So they spend a couple months just detailing sinks and toilets and bathroom tiles and stuff. And like, wow. So architects do all of that too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Um, Oh, man, I I was going to ask you something. I completely forgot, but it's okay. If it comes Um, back to me. Okay. But were you going to say something? Yeah. um, And I don't know. I guess that that was kind of the undergrad program. Um, I, yeah, I I suppose it depends on, I got hired as like a junior designer or something like that, my first job. And it was all residential and we mostly did. I didn't do any like custom private homes. I did a lot of like multifamily housing. Okay. Um, so it, I learned so much, like how a basic house has to come together and like um, how, how much parking is required for how many units, you know, and things like that. And we're involved in every aspect of that. So from planning a site and the big mass that, you know, it takes up to the individual like bathrooms and light fixtures and um whatever material is gonna finish those spaces out yeah yeah wow that's a lot of stuff yeah. to be responsible for I feel like yeah yeah <laughs> um man uh I remember what I was going to ask you now. Um, okay. I mean, obviously, you're still you're still an architect, but mm-hmm. I was wondering if within those five years, you know, you expressed some of the challenges. Was there ever a time where you like, is this what I wanted to do when <laughs> I was six years old, or <laughs> um, or were you were you even were you like, even though it's hard work, like yeah. I think this is still what I want to do. Yeah, um, it's really. I hope this doesn't discourage anyone, but the reality is I think architecture school (laughs) is set up in a way that it weeds out Mm. those that are not serious about architecture. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah, like medical school too, perhaps. I don't know. Um, So I did see several classmates drop out um, earlier on. Um, And and for me, it was never a question of, do I want to do this or not? I think it was just like, oh gosh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Right, right, um, right. But I got to keep going. And I think doing ministry that also required like 24 hours of our time yes. um, with that was hard. <laughs> and um, I think as I saw my classmates trying to balance fun life, like fun college life and partying with architecture, mm. and then me trying to balance like ministry fun and responsibilities with architecture, that was really hard. And sometimes one has to give, you know? Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, in architecture school, like undergrad, sometimes it was school that yeah. maybe I didn't choose the right. Re- I don't know. I don't know if I have any regrets, but. Um, no, I don't think you have any regrets. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I did both as hard as I could and I didn't sleep a whole lot. Um, and I can testify to that because I had no idea that yeah. that school was like that for you because you were full on in ministry all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, um, just real quick, that sidebar that you mentioned about going to Japan and being mm-hmm. a missionary there for two years. Yeah. Um, for those listening, and even myself, I'm just curious, like, did you get any pushback from anybody? Um, in particular, um, honestly, like your parents? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because it's like you you went out to all the schooling. Absolutely. And then it's like, now what? Oh, I'm yeah. going to Japan. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so what was Absolutely. that like? Um, yes. <laughs> and I, I, I only that. ask because mm-hmm. I feel like there would pe- be people maybe in the same situation, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, you did it and now you're mm-hmm. here. So this is, yes. that's the reason I'm asking. Yeah, I think, um, when I finished undergrad and I got a job like straight out of school um, and I started working, my parents were like, we're done, you know, like she's, she's good and we don't need to worry about her anymore. Um, And I've always had a heart for Japan. I went a lot for short-term missions during undergrad. I did um, between high school and college was the first time I ever went. I did like a homestay program there too. So I went to high school there for a little bit um, before college even and it was always there. And I felt like God was not done with my heart for Japan. 
just yet, just because I finished school and I started work. Um, so as I was praying on it during that first year of working, I felt more and more called um, that I was going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Um, I didn't have a particular like vision or calling for a full-time ministry or anything like that, but I did have this heart for Japan. And so I remember praying that if God would do what he wanted with my heart, that I would give him this time mm-hmm. in my youth and that he would, he would bless me in return with my career vision um, and my family or whatever that was going to happen in the future. So my parents were uh, pretty bummed <laughs> to say the least when I told them. I mean, bummed was a word. It started out with like, absolutely not. <laughs> right, right. Um, but the more I prayed for them and talked to them about kind of my plans, I said that I couldn't go without their blessing. Like I wasn't going to go without their blessing. So they better bless <laughs> this um, decision. Wow. And it was like pulling teeth, but eventually they're like, fine, um, go. And, you know, you can keep doing your thing when you get back. Mm. Um, so again, they weren't happy when I extended my time. <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought I was just going to end up Free. living there forever and <laughs> give up on architecture altogether. But I, I felt very called to do architecture. Um, and I, I wasn't, that wasn't shaken, but, um, I loved that time in Japan so much. Mm. It was, um, a hundred percent undistracted focused on God and what his heart was for these, this people in this nation. And, um, I was, I think talking with, um, believers and non-believers equally and at, at that workplace that I was at too, everyone older than me was saying, if I had an opportunity to do something like this when I was younger, I would do it. You know, these were all people with families and kids that couldn't necessarily just up and leave. Mm. Um, So I took everyone's advice and and went for it. And I don't regret it a bit. And here I am still, you know, having had that experience now continuing, um, yeah, this ministry, I think, in the professional place. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, and with my family and everything, it's, it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. I feel like, um, yeah. yeah, there's probably somebody out there that's listening that needs that little bit of courage and push to do something that maybe yeah. is not the norm, you know, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. sticking to the plan, which actually all the interviews I've been doing You know, I thought I would be doing them like to hear people's like, this is what I did to do X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z. But Mm -hmm. I'm just learning that there is no plan. Yeah. You know, you really just got to do whatever you're doing. Just commit. And then Mm -hmm. the rest is up to God or, you know, whatever it is that you believe in, I guess. But from you and I, it's God. And a lot of my uh, guests have been believers. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's really just trusting and living by Mm -hmm. faith and Mm -hmm. um. I've just been so encouraged by it because even myself, I'm like, yeah, like I'm just a plan person. Like, yeah, got to do this, this and this. <laughs> um, but it never goes that way. Yeah, and it's always better. But anyways, anyways, yeah. yes. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your life. with Yeah, me. I think um, I know your your listeners demographic is probably younger as they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. But um, I think I was. Uh, I was very seriously considering, you know, like not going because maybe this isn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But something that um, someone told me too while I was kind of down to my last like decision time was, I think God will bless you whether you stay or whether you go, mm-hmm. like in your in your walk or in your ministry. It's not about whether you know you pick the right answer or the wrong answer, but where is it that you want to serve Him? Mm-hmm. What? And I think that really helped me. Like, there is no wrong answer, perhaps. Wow. And I don't think um, for youth, <laughs> youth's parents probably don't want me telling their kids, right. like, go <laughs> do something. <you> know? <laughs> but um, I do think that our lives are, are short. Mm-hmm. And when we're young and unrestricted by, you know, the responsibilities of, like, family or, like, a career, having to provide for people, is when we're most free to move where God wants us to move and go on these adventures. And whether you stay or go, there is no wrong answer. I think he will bless either way if it's in prayer and in him. But um, gosh, it's so exciting. Like when you get to go and 
see what it was that he was doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man, I feel like we should have you on for a second episode <laughs> to hear your time in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in a year after yeah. your baby is settled in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear about I want to be a missionary? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No. <laughs> that's a good one. Yes. I should I didn't even think about that. I did I was thinking pastor sometime soon, but missionary is a great one. Um yeah. Okay, but anyways, sorry, <laughs> off topic. No, okay. But um, going back to architecture, yes, <laughs> folks. Um, yeah. So after what we were gonna, you were mentioning that you wanted to chat about something. Hmm. Forget now. I got so off topic and so into yeah. the conversation. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, okay. So, um, what do you what do you not like most about your job? Mm. Like, what's the what's the worst <laughs> for you? That's a hard question. Um, I think architecture is very glamorized, mm. like occupation, right? Like I in agree, movies, yeah. Yeah, movies and TV shows, there's like, if there's some glam, like glamorous occupation, the person's always an architect. Yes. Or like carrying around drawings yes. and like living in this beautiful apartment or whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's... It's not so glamorous as what I think media likes to portray it as. However, that doesn't mean it's not fun and like so rewarding because I think if you are creative and you like to take, I don't know, um, I think one of my favorite things about architecture is that I like, I get to be a part of this creative process mm -hmm. that begins with just a story or like a, a vision and sketches and diagrams like sloppy on a napkin or something like that and it suddenly becomes a space where people and like mm. nature and technology and art collides into this thing this beautiful space and I mean we all they're not beautiful buildings out there too like these are buildings that just needed to happen or there was no budget um so they're not all like amazing but I like that I get to be a part of that process um so if you're creative and you like to um you know, do things with your hands or be creative and, and channel that into like um, ideas or uh, words even like, um, and you are passionate about it and seeing it come into fruition, as you mentioned, it's, it's so fun and so rewarding. And along the way, if you get to like engage with the people that are going to be using it, you know, at the end of the day, yes. or we've all been students, you get to design the kindergarten through 12th grade campus or a classroom or something that's so fun because you've been there you know what that space should and feel like you know be like um if you've been in a hospital or you can't I can't go to a hospital or a, uh, an appointment or something without being like wow this is yeah. <laughs> like what would I have done differently but like wow this is such a beautiful space um I think yeah so was like all of that not sleeping and like crying and <laughs> was it worth it? I think for where I had to be, it needed to happen. Yeah. It wasn't wonderful always, but, um, and I think to answer your question, maybe of like, what's my least favorite part? I don't know. Sometimes you get stuck on projects that you don't love. Mm. Um, and it's not just like a few days, like it goes for a couple months, right? years even. Um, it's just something it, not every project you get is going to be so exciting but then you do get these ones that are like wow that's so rewarding it's just so much fun um yeah <laughs> yeah I guess that's I guess that's just part of the job huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so could you take us through the licensing part so like oh boy yeah, yeah. I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know like I don't I have no idea like what that even yeah. means and then so, you know, you mentioned, too, that you've been doing this for quite some time now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, you've been at this firm for nine years, you said, right? Uh, not this, not just this one, but I've been working Over the for about 10 years. years. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And so, like, I guess I'm a little confused because it's like, oh, so are you still an architect mm -hmm, while mm -hmm. you're working toward your license? Could you explain that to me a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So um, you're not technically by the rule book, allowed to call yourself an architect till you have a license. So up until this last year when I became licensed, I 
you know, like you're like an architectural designer or like a designer or some, you know, and there are plenty of people in an office that aren't licensed that are like 50, 60, you know, they're just, they're not allowed to be called actual architects. Mm. Um, the licensure procedure in the U.S. is very tricky. Um, there's, there's the National Architecture Registration Board, which it changes every couple of years. When I first graduated, it was 10 exams um, that you had to pass. 10? Um, 10. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it changed to seven. And now I think it's five. Like just last year, it changed to five. Because 10 um, sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's, depending on the state that you live in, may or may not have its own state requirement. I see. Okay. So California, of course, with all of its like earthquakes and issues, sure. it has a separate supplemental exam that you need to pass. Um, and it used to be an oral exam in front of uh, like board members. Oh, wow. But now it's rich. Uh, it's like a multiple choice, thankfully. Okay. <laughs> um, that sounds I, awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would hate that. <laughs> I bet where you are too, there's a separate license required because of like hurricanes. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so as an encouragement, it doesn't take everyone as long as it took me. <laughs> um, some people just power through it and they're really good at exam taking and they just get it and they're done. Okay. Um, I mean, five exams, like probably in a year and a half is kind of on average, you could finish it up. Um, I told you, but I haven't told, you know, your audience yet. It took me in total from the very first exam that I took to last year when I finished, um, I think seven years. Man. And <laughs> it was pretty miserable. And I, I take this, please listen with a grain of salt because I really struggled with exam taking and um, just life happened yeah of you know, course you um, had a kid and then you yeah. got pregnant and then <laughs> got married and you know like met my husband so I did start it all when I was single and I encourage everyone to if they're you know on the path <laughs> to finish their licensure program while they are single or at least married um before kids because it just gets harder and harder right. you know, as you um get older but uh there's like a there's two parts there's like hours that you need to accrue with experience. Okay. Um, and then there's the exams. So you nice. need to finish both before you're allowed to take the final supplemental exam for the state. Um, so hours I finished accruing long before I was able to finish the actual the exams. Um, and there's, you know, there used to be 10, now there's five because there's different topics. Mm -hmm. um, like the business management side of things, the construction part of things, structural, lateral, forces you know like site development right, um, right. <laughs> like how it sits in the sun and weather affects you know all these things that um, go into having to be a well-rounded architect there's different tests for um, it's like on average I think each exam is like four four or five hours long um, it was, it's all computer-based and I think now with COVID it's like on at your house you can take it from home. I don't know. I think that's what I've heard. But they're like watching you like a proctor. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how it works. I've stopped paying attention too much. But um, I finished my last exam um, last year. And I just I had Oh, this is a terrible story. I'll tell just for kicks. Um, tell it, yes. I had I had um, I think it was seven. So let's say I took six exams and I had one left. And I had failed it before. So it was my like second or third time taking this last exam. I took it a week before uh, our first baby was born. Um, so I was like studying while pregnant and um, <laughs> it was terrible. It's so awful. I took it and it took a week and a half at that time for the results to come out. So took the exam. I went to have the baby and I found out while I was recovering in the hospital in the middle of some night that I'd failed it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but what happened was it was my last chance to take that exam before I got pushed into the new exam, oh. which changed to five exams. No. So it, what it did was it split my final exam into two more exams um, that I just, I needed to deal with after the baby was born. So it was a new test format and a new like topic that I needed to study for while I had a newborn. Um, and 
those took multiple tries for me as well, just because I struggled personally, not everyone does. Um, and so I was studying with this infant and they took one and then a couple of times later, I passed that one. Oh my and my very first exam I ever took, like six years prior, expired. So I had to retake the same version of that test in the new format. So oh. a whole new test added. <laughs> my gosh. I was ready to just end it all. Like it was the only time in my career where I asked God, like, is this not what you want for me? Um, because I'm going to cry. Can't... I feel like crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just could not deal with this anymore. And I felt like no matter how hard I studied or tried, like this was not happening for me. And I just told God, like, I'm not doing this if this is not what you're going to bless. And so I took this one test and I passed it. And I was like, duh, <laughs> like I, I had one more left. <laughs> Fine, I'll keep going. Oh um, so I, I did end up studying for and passed this one last, last, last exam. Um, and I was done with the NCARB is what it was, the National Architecture Registration Board exams. And then at that point, you can take your state supplemental exam whenever you want. But okay. I just wanted to be done with it um, as soon as I could be. Um, and then for me, I don't know, it was easier than the other. I ended up taking nine of those in total because it kept multiplying. Oh <laughs> I passed nine <laughs> exams <laughs> um, before I got to the California. <laughs> um, so I... I took it and I passed that one on the first try. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And I was pregnant then with the second baby. And like the day after is when morning sickness and all that stuff started happening. So I was so grateful oh, that I was done forever and ever. And I just, it's been, it's been like over a year now since that happened. And I'm still celebrating. Like I'm Yeah. Still, I'm still I would be like the next decade. You're allowed <laughs> yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. Um, um, that's crazy. Um, so, okay. I'm just going to ask you, uh, just a very blunt question yes, with this title of architect. Like, uh -huh. I mean, do you, is there an increase in pay or? Yeah. Um, there is, uh, so I guess you could ask like, why did I want to get licensed? In the yeah. First place? yeah. And you don't, you don't Sounds have to. <laughs> terrible. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, why not at the same, yeah. you know what I mean? But okay. Keep yeah. going. Yes. Um, I mean, there were a few reasons, obviously, just having the license yes. part of being able to call yourself an architect is one thing. Um, if you want to ever open your own architecture like business, you have to be licensed. Okay. And I don't have a particular like desire to do that just because I'm not very interested in like the management part or like the finances part of architecture, bringing in business. I just want to be a designer. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think. I'll end up going in that direction, but um, I think the ability to go upward and get have more responsibility on a project increases when you're licensed. Um, you become more valuable to a company. So, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that means better pay mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, and it did allow for me to uh, step up on all of those things since I've been licensed. So, um, pay. Um, like a promotion mm -hmm. and my responsibilities. This project I'm working on now is the first time I'm being called a project architect for the project. Amazing. Um, so that'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, I do have a, uh, oh yeah, I wanted to mention this. The architecture profession is changing a little bit now, but it's always been known as the old white man's profession. Um, <laughs> so I think that's, it's, yeah, it's changing a little bit, but it's, it's an old man's profession because the pay is quite low, honestly, for how much we put into it. Like, um, as opposed to like, I don't know, a business major who can like jump right out of school and be earning six figure salary. Sure, right yeah. out of I think the amount of stuff that we need to learn and continue learning um, warrants better pay. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that is the truth of it. And yeah. I think architects, do architecture because they're passionate about it, not because they want to make a lot of money. So that's the reality of things. Um, and then it's been predominantly, um, you know, like white or like majority mm -hmm. uh, run and less minority mm 
people or people of color in this industry. Um, in school also, it was about half and half, male and female. Okay. But as soon as I left school and went into the working profession, my first job, like you go to a client meeting or something and you're still one female in like a room full of 10, 10 12 males. Interesting. Um, okay. Whether they're from your own firm, architects or engineers, because that's also a male dominated right, industry. Right. Um, so that's always interesting. Like even now I'll go to like a, a client meeting and it's like little me yeah. <laughs> with like a room full of like, you know, 10 plus men. Um and or I'm the only minority. Was that hard in the beginning? I mean, I feel like you um, maybe have gotten used to it, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I suppose it depends on the person personality right. or your confidence level. I feel like my confidence grows when I know what I'm responsible for and I know it very well. But if I go into a situation where like I don't know anything, yeah, then I can feel kind of small mm-hmm. um and more shy about voicing my opinions and stuff such like that. And I'm not like this person that just like barges into a room right. here. Like, <laughs> so, so that's that's hard. But um, I think another important factor of me wanting to be licensed was the fact that I was Asian and female, and I just wanted to um, do that as an accomplishment. Um, yeah, that yeah. is amazing. Like I admire it's so much, you know, just even listening to you and on top of everything else, like you're a mom too, and (laughs) about to be a mom of two. And I, and I honestly, I can only speak to that because I'm a stay at home mom and I know how hard that can be, but plus adding a full-time job and this licensing and that Mm -hmm. I uh, literally, I'm totally being honest. I empathetically wanted to like weep just now. I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe that, you know, how much you accomplished. Yeah. Um, and you like even questioning, like after all of that, everything that happened, things started to kind of even fall apart. And you're yeah, like, absolutely. why <laughs> should I keep going? And then, yes. you know, things, but then, you know, it goes back to God will continue to bless you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know if you continue to do the things that he's called you to do and so um yeah man you're amazing that's no, amazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> truly truly i d- don't i know it feels weird for me to say <laughs> that but like it's i'm being 100 percent honest thank you for even sharing all the hardship because yeah. um yeah people need to know like it's not all just like glamour and ease but there's life that really happens and Mm -hmm. it adds to it but um yeah that's that's so insane well Uh, um (laughs) we're coming up to our time at the end of our time together Mm -hmm. um but there are just two more questions i wanted to ask before we end if you don't mind no um one thing I am curious about that you had talked about earlier in our conversation was like the artistic part. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Cause like, because I, I truly am not like savvy in those areas. Mm-hmm. So I, I would never imagine, Oh, I want to be an architect, but maybe mm-hmm. there's people who are like, I want to be an architect, but I'm not strong in drawing. Yeah. What would you say to those people? And yeah. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, Okay, well, actually, I missed this part about prepping for undergrad is uh, unlike some majors, there is a portfolio aspect when you're applying for architecture schools. I see. Like art school. Um, So in addition to the regular application, you're going to have to prepare a portfolio. And that depends on the school and what they require. So that would have to be something that they look into. Mm. Um, So I... I've always been very interested in art and drawing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably where my talents are or my skill set naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, I cannot do math beyond like middle school level. <laughs> um, Me too. So, <laughs> but like it's, it's comical how bad I am at mathematics. <laughs> um, so that's, that's an encouragement to your one or the other, you know, your strength, I think, um, there's the answer is that there are so many different aspects to architecture Mm. and everyone kind of starts the same has to go through the same education Mm. process um but in the workplace and this is kind of where the gap was between school and a career is that 
um, not everyone's going to be sitting in the model room making models. Mm. Or like not everybody's going to be on the construction site watching your building, you know, happen. Um, I've noticed in the working world, there are little pockets, little niches of roles. So like um, I, on the day-to-day, am drawing and working out spaces and I'm designing things. Mm. Um, but my project manager, uh, who's above me, isn't doing any of that. They're coordinating um, conversations with the client and the city and uh, how is the team doing and are we able to come together? Are things getting done according to schedule and the budget? So that's maybe the more like uh, math-minded or money-conscious person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am not very interested in that, so probably would not really be interested in doing project-managed slide mm-hmm. things. Um, but I love the design. And so it doesn't, just because you're not good at math or you're not good at art, doesn't really mean anything for the long run. Um, if you aren't very comfortable with art, Um, but you still need to put your portfolio together. I think there's ways to tailor what your strengths are and definitely taking art classes in school or like um, Huglums or something like that, um, like after school programs will help at least put pieces together to put in your portfolio um, if that's naturally not what you're very good at. But yeah, I don't think it should write you out from being an architect or something like that if you... um, any, any part of architecture, if you just love being creative or you love like space and urban design, you know, like mm. parks, landscaping, anything like that. I think there's a, a niche for people. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's good news for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, the last thing I usually ask my guests is, um, do you have any advice, you know, any any life advice or any or just advice for anybody thinking about going into this specific career Mm. yeah I mean I would I would encourage anybody that's kind of interested in learning more about what that meant and I hope that this time has you know shed some light on what it means to actually become and get to becoming an architect um, has helped but to find out more, ask more questions. Like, Mm. you know, if you come across anyone that has specific questions, I would love to offer my time and my experiences too. Um, uh, Yeah, I think think understanding what uh, a life or a career would look like in any kind of field Mm. is so good. Just educating yourself Mm. before um, you you step into it. And on the flip side, I think just because you pursued something earlier on when you're younger doesn't mean you have to stay there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because passions change and like circumstances or careers change. And there's always an option to, you know, branch out into a different sector. I've, I've known a lot of friends that I've graduated with or were architects for a little bit, but, um, oh, this is me, for example. I've always been really interested in um, like art direction and film. So in theory, the architects of the film world that build the sets and the worlds. And I thought it'd be so fun to do that, maybe. That would be <laughs> so, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, great job. Yeah. So that, that was a lot of fun. So in grad school, I actually took some classes. At, um, I was at USC at the film school um, for art direction. Wow. And I got to work on some stuff there as a prop. Um, not prop, but set decorator. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so I got to go to like Universal Studios prop house and like pick out all the furniture that was going to be going in our project set and stuff. And it was so much fun. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's college is also a place to explore different types of um, industries and classes and stuff. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Thank nice. you for that advice because um, I think some people like kind of need permission. Yeah. You know, um, I, I obviously can't speak to, to everybody about this, but I, I do think particularly in Asian American households, mm-hmm. like there is a box that we stay mm-hmm. in, right. Or mm-hmm. a lane that we stay in and, mm-hmm. uh, what's expected of us. And, um, I think you saying that even kind of opens doors for people's minds. It's like, Oh, like, yeah, it's okay. 
it's okay mm-hmm. if that's not what you want to do anymore. Yeah. And um, yeah, so really great sound advice. Thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and thank you again for just sharing your life with us, sharing your experience. Um, I truly gained a lot from our time together. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure and I hope it encouraged even one person. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that it did. Um, hey guys, if you um, enjoyed listening to this episode with Jen, um, please feel free to reach out. We love your feedback. And she even mentioned before, I mean, I'm just going to sidebar here. Like her life is about to turn crazy because she's <laughs> going to have an- another kid. But she, even through that, I know that if you have any questions about architecture or the life of an architect, I'm sure she would be more than happy to chat with you just for a little bit. Um, I really appreciate you even mentioning that um, because I really do want to bring people together, you know, and share life together and share experiences together, hopefully um, to invest into the younger generation too. Absolutely. Um, so again, do feel free to DM me and I can keep you, uh, sorry, blah, put you in contact. Can't speak. <laughs> put you in contact mm-hmm. with Jen uh, or you can email, an, email us at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye. Thank you.